Today just seemed like we needed a gospel lesson in there. I think you'll see how beautifully it fits in just a few moments. Let's pray. Gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable unto you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So, Rehoboam, the son of the late King Solomon, is next in line to the throne. But Israel is shaky. In many ways, Israel reached its zenith as a nation under King Solomon, and yet unfaithfulness to God's vision was an issue for this king. Justice and compassion increasingly were lacking. King Solomon built a glorious temple, as we know, and amassed vast wealth for Israel, but he did it on the backs of his people by treating them like slaves. Therefore, an assembly gathered to counsel Rehoboam, the next king. Your father made our yoke heavy. Now, therefore, lighten the hard service of your father and his heavy yoke that he placed on us, and we will serve you. The imagery the writer is intentionally conjuring here is Pharaoh, who centuries earlier, of course, built an empire on the backs of slave labor, namely Hebrew slaves, progressively demanding more bricks with less straw. The sad irony here is that Solomon, the king of the people whom God freed from slavery, was now doing something similar to Pharaoh, namely, building a kingdom of power and wealth on the backs of his own people through increasingly forced labor. And so, for the people of Israel, it was a life-crushing culture. More bricks with less straw. All so that Solomon's kingdom could be grand and opulent, or something like that. Israel was at a turning point. Their people were discouraged and beaten down. They were reeling within a culture defined not by life, compassion, and fairness, but by coercion and despair. Not only the assembly, but later on, the elders appealed to Rehoboam to lighten the burden and treat the people with respect. The next part of the story, and the answer to the question I have in the bulletin, what did Rehoboam do, is covered in verses that are not in our text, but we learn when you read ahead that Rehoboam then sought the counsel of his young contemporaries who told him to be even tougher than his father. This Rehoboam did. And shortly thereafter, the kingdom of Israel split in two both kingdoms on a trajectory of despair that would last for three centuries. The people's collective spirit had been broken with Rehoboam's decision. So, can any of you relate to burdens getting heavier? being asked to make more bricks 
with less straw, perhaps, and paid with less. In a corporate culture and in a competitive global market where management is answerable to shareholders, this happens on a regular basis, doesn't it? The squeeze is on. What is your experience out there? The Israelites weren't the only ones to feel the squeeze. Then the very elders who worked with Solomon, his own advisors, said to Rehoboam, if you will be a servant to this people today and serve them and speak good words to them, when you answer them, then they will be your servants forever. Rehoboam had the chance to become a servant leader to the Israelites, but he didn't do it. And what is a servant leader? Rather than viewing your people under or around you as a means to an end, rather instead viewing them as ends in themselves, rather than trying to extract as much possible from those around you to accomplish your ends. It means to serve those, individu those individuals, those same individuals, in order that they might become who God intends for them to be, namely, loved and empowered. To speak good words to them, to respect them and care with and create with them a culture of life. This is servant leadership. In return, servanthood that is voluntary and life-giving will come forth from the human heart. That's what the elders are suggesting here in the assembly. I wonder what it means in our world, in our marketplace, in the corporate world, to be a servant leader and to lighten the loads of people. Is this relevant for that world? Some would say, no, it's not relevant. That's a different world. Um, that's not what we believe. They're connected. This means not, of course, to let people off easy and encourage non-productivity. That's not what lightening the load means here. Quite the opposite. Quite the opposite. What's being referenced here is to unleash the potential of people by lightening the loads that threaten to crush their spirit in order that they might soar. Think of what a startlingly different kind of leadership was being suggested here in this ancient context. At this time in history, the notion that a king would be a servant or a slave for his people was kind of unheard of. Subjects served the king, not the other way around. And sometimes those same people were slaves, plain and simple slaves. But to reverse this, where the king serves his subjects, where did this word come from? This suggestion from the elders that Rehoboam be a servant leader. Well, we who are in the habit of opening up the good book 
and waiting for a word, we believe that God is speaking here with transformative words. Rehoboam was not the one to embody God's vision, not at this time. But later on in Scripture, as this story unfolded, someone of the lineage of King David and of Solomon would embody this vision of leadership and of human relationships. Anyone want to wage a guess on who that is? Come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. These words of Jesus pick up the imagery in our text today and deliver the fulfillment of what was suggested in the text in 1 Kings. There are clear echoes of these words on the Statue of Liberty as well. Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. You see the same spirit there? One can see how Christian values are deeply embedded in our nation's DNA. No question. This being the final Sunday in the church season, traditionally referred to as Christ the King Sunday, it is appropriate to look at the kingship of Jesus. We just have a description of it. A kingship that is noteworthy for its notion of servanthood, the lightening of our load so that we might find rest as well as life and a new energy and a servanthood that is free and grateful. How light is the load of Jesus? Let me tell you about a conversation we had in uh, the class I was teaching last winter. I'm a Lutheran, so what? Some of you were in it. We were talking about the unconditional love and promise of the gospel message, which means, simply to restate, that God does not dangle a condition in front of us so that once this condition is met by us, then his love for us and promise to us is given. Jesus does not say, if you make a decision for me, if you have faith, if you do this or that, then I will love you. Then my promise to you of life and salvation is true, etc., etc. No, if it is finally up to me to take hold of God in the right way, there is an exceedingly heavy burden on my shoulders that I will bungle Inevitably, I know I will, and I suspect you will too. The unconditional promise of God is so radical, God tells us in Jesus that our actions, our decisions, even our faith, are not conditions to be met, conditions for God's grace and life to be given to us. God gives them to us because we are valued and loved, period, count on it, That's the gospel. My burden is light, said Jesus. And indeed, it is. And what is the effect upon the one whose burdens become light? A noted and outspoken theologian by the name of Ken Ziska, some of you know Ken, he's one of ours, offered this insight in the middle of class 
I believe he was standing at the moment in sort of a uh, declaration mode. And he said, well, if there are no conditions to be met and God's love is truly free, then you don't have to worry about yourself at all. Then you're completely free to focus on your neighbor, to love your neighbor. And I have to admit, I cheered at that point. Oh my goodness, Ken, did you nail it. Bingo! As, our, as your burden is lifted, the burden of worry about your status, your worth, how your hair looks, oh no, I'm in trouble, you are completely free and empowered to be a servant for your neighbor with a grateful and a generous heart, with a lightness to your being, not coming from some inner state that you've conjured up, but from trusting in the God who loves you and has lifted your burden through Jesus. You see the lightness and you see the power there. We know that perfect love drives out fear. There is lightness for you again. Have you ever felt that? When you are loved, fear dissipating a bit? Is your faith heavy or light? A burden or a lightness of being? Sorry, I have to keep adjusting this all. It just never fits right on my ear. We live in a world where we have a million and one ways to be fearful and to live with the burden of those fears. Currently in the Lutheran church, as in many Christian churches, there is a heavy burden of discouragement and fear. As we see the world around us changing and our, our own church is somehow not aligned to speak to it and work with it. Part of the excitement for me now as I work out my new call, is how to help our fellow churches to see the lightness again and the call to our neighbor in a fresh and new way. As we have here and are discovering, there is a lightness and a call that is present here that's greatly encouraging to me and I know to Beth and to many. As our burden has been lifted by Jesus unconditionally so that we might serve our neighbor in love, that means that we offer to lift our neighbor's burden as well. What does that mean for you? For us? As I wind this down, let's, let's name the fact that uh, we are a nation gripped by fear right now. There's plenty of it to go around, huh? And since most of us are people of Christian faith in this country and all of us presumably here, how do we let our faith, not our fear, lead the way so that the lightness that is ours in Jesus leads us into servanthood, servants who are not living out of preoccupation with their own fear? So to get to the point, a question that's on all of our minds, what do we do with the Syrian refugees? Fear does blind us to see refugees not as human beings like us, but as potential monsters. Just, just name it. But when we see our human brothers and sisters this way, fellow religious sojourners, isn't it the case that their burden of homelessness becomes even heavier? And where does that road lead? 
We know the world gives no guarantees for safety. In a nation with a mass shooting once a week, we know this all too well. But when we feast on our fears, we increase the burdens not only of our neighbor in need, but of our own burden as well, the burden of fear that weighs upon us. Today is a day to consider the historical narrative of enslaving one another and living enslaved, crushed by the burdens of a broken world. It is also an opportunity to hear anew the word of servant leadership that came from God and came to brilliant expression in Jesus, the one who emptied himself of power that we might have life. In this lightness of being that is given to us, we are called to lighten burdens around us, to love our neighbor, and not fall victim to the narrative of heavy, heavy fear. Rather, our burdens have been made light so that we might do likewise, fully engaging with the humanity, the potential, and the well-being of our neighbor. We are called to servant leadership, to lighten burdens. And what does that look like in your life? It's for you to work out with God. What does it look like in the life of this congregation? That's for us to work out with the Holy Spirit. God bless you all as you do precisely that. Don't forget about the lightness, though. That's the fun part. Amen.